So I first want to apologize. Um, a few days ago, I got braces. And, and so I'm still figuring out this whole talking thing. So um, as we used to say back in the day, do not adjust your sets. Um, your sound is fine. It's just me. So still figuring out uh, which words, like that one, <laughs> that I can and cannot say. So um, we continue this journey uh, with Jesus on the way to the cross, encountering those people. And today we remember Zacchaeus. Now, in the Gospel of Luke, Zacchaeus is described as this chief tax collector, which means he was um, in a position of strong leadership. And more importantly, he was very, very wealthy. So these chief tax collectors, they have the ability to actually per, um, buy the rights to collect taxes and profit um, from what they charge. They give money to the empire, and then they can keep a portion of that for themselves, actually a very big portion. And so, as we know, as the story tells us, Zacchaeus is very successful. What the story doesn't necessarily share is, why is this tax collector, this beneficiary of the empire, why is he so interested in Jesus? So with these famous stories, it's always hard for uh, pre- excuse me, pastors to find uh, new material. But as I was looking at this photo, um, I thought about Zacchaeus in a way that I never really had before. See, with what we know about Zacchaeus, who he was, what he did, we wonder why is he so interested in seeing Jesus and physically seeing him as he hears that Jesus has arrived? We don't know. We don't know why he's so passionate. We don't know why with uh, so much gusto he wants to climb this tree and see. We don't know what his passion is. And the thing is, maybe we're not supposed to know. And the question might become, well, why, why do we even need to know? Many of you probably heard about the uh, revival that took place at Asbury College in Kentucky um, just a couple of weeks ago. It was a, it started out as a chapel service at the university, and it just kept going and going and going. It went on for several days. And you might have also seen uh, at least some of the commentary. Probably none of us saw all of it because there was a lot. Everybody, especially uh, professional theologians, uh, offering their commentary, whether we wanted it or not, about what they thought was happening and why and, and all, all of this. And it reminded me of uh, Ted Lasso. Now, Ted Lasso, as some of you know, is starting sooner than I thought. So one more thing I need to catch up on. But um, it reminded me of this scene of Ted Lasso. If you don't know about it, it's about soccer and about coaching. And uh, one of the former players has to retire. He becomes a professional uh, commentator on one of these uh, ESPN shows. And they're all talking about, you know, what today's game is going to be like. And then they turn to this ex-player, new uh, talking head, and he says, we don't know. He says, all we do is sit around and we guess what a bunch of people are going to go and do out there. And then we come back at halftime and we complain because they didn't do exactly what we thought they would do. We don't know, he says. We don't know. So looking at this picture, I saw Zacchaeus as an outsider. 
Not as someone who wasn't liked because he was a tax collector, just someone who simply was not liked. Someone who could not be down with others, with the crowd. Someone who was separate because of the decisions he had made, how he had harmed others. Zacchaeus had made choices which set him apart from the rest of the community. And so to get what everybody else is getting, he had to go somewhere else. So maybe it wasn't just that Zacchaeus wanted a better view of Jesus. Maybe he didn't want other people knowing that he wanted to see Jesus. Maybe he didn't feel welcome to see Jesus. The story says everyone who saw the incident, that incident being Jesus seeing him and knowing his name. Jesus knew Zacchaeus' name instantly when he saw him and he said, come down for I'm going to your house. And Jesus does this very intentionally in front of everyone else. And so the story says everyone who saw the incident was indignant and grumped. What business does he have getting cozy with this crook? Do we get grumpy about who Jesus chooses to spend time with? About who Jesus selects out of the crowd and says, I'm going to come to your house today. Does it go against what we might have been taught? Does it shine a light on who we think are worthy? Maybe do we feel rejected because Jesus didn't choose us instead? But see, that's the thing about the gospel. Jesus does choose us. And he chooses us every day. He chooses all of us. The story shows Jesus chooses all people. Now, we may not fully know or understand why Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus so badly, why he was drawn to Jesus. We don't know why Jesus chose him and went to his house. But Jesus knows. Jesus breaks boundaries, our boundaries, by inviting himself. Have you ever heard that saying, the Holy Spirit doesn't go anywhere, it's not invited? I think this story disproves that. Jesus invites himself into our life, our world, our pain, our feeling like no one else sees us for who we really are. Years ago, when I was working with our invite team, we were talking about how we invite others, how we um, approach others. And someone said, you know, I, well, I don't want to intrude on people. And then someone else says, but maybe they want us to intrude. Not in a dishonest way, not in, a, in an inattentive way, not as though we're not seeing them, but people sometimes need us to be the one to overstep and to invite God into their midst because they think that God has left them. The Holy Spirit doesn't go where it's not invited. The Holy Spirit goes where it needs to go and does not worry about these cultural boundaries that we set up for ourselves. Remember the Emmaus journey? When Jesus shows up with these two people who are saddened because Jesus has died, 
and they talk about the story, and they talk so much that when they arrive at the people's houses, the stranger, who of course is Jesus, is invited into the home. And then when he sits sits down, the very first thing he does is he reaches over their table. When was the last time you invited someone to a meal and they started serving your food? Would you be put off by that? Would you feel offended or insulted? And yet in that moment, Jesus knows what it is that they need. They need him to reach over and to take that bread and to bless it and to break it and to give it to his disciples. And in that moment, they see him for who he is because he has seen them for who they are, just like Jesus sees Zacchaeus for who he truly is. Someone who needs God to be invitational before anybody says anything. See, table fellowship, and and this is the point of view of the pharisaic leaders. Remember the, the, the grumpy people, the people who said Jesus has no business going to Zacchaeus' house? It's by their point of view that table fellowship is not just about friendliness, it's about acceptance. When you share a meal with someone, you are declaring you accept who they are. When Jesus goes to the house of a tax collector like Zacchaeus and breaks bread, it is Jesus' way of saying, I approve of you, I love you. And that's when Zacchaeus changes. He had been changing already, but we see that fully developed transformation when he says, Master, I give away half my income to the poor, and if I am caught cheating, I pay four times the damages. This happens because Jesus puts himself in Zacchaeus' home, his world, and breaks bread. And at celebration, Jesus says, today salvation is in this world home, this home that has probably been neglected and ignored and turned, excuse me, turned away by people for years. Jesus invites himself and says, today, salvation has come. Here he is for all of us to know, for all of us to see. Here is Zacchaeus, the son, which means he belongs to someone, the son of Abraham. Zacchaeus, an outsider, belongs to God. For the Son of Man, Jesus says, came to find and restore the lost. Find and restore the lost. That's what Luke's gospel is all about. The Messiah, who the story tells, came down to earth as a miracle, gave himself for that world, resurrected from the dead, has ushered, is ushering the kingdom of God, Jesus is here in the midst of all of that to find and restore the lost. Which means Jesus invites himself to your house. And that's why we celebrate communion. We celebrate that miraculous reality that Jesus comes into our home That home that we look around and see is empty because people don't accept us for who we are. Jesus says, I'm going to come to your house and we're going to have a meal together. We're going to break bread. We're going to pour cups. And we're going to be together. 
So on this day, Jesus has said, come down from that tree. You don't need to be up there anymore. You don't need to be isolated. You don't need to be alone. You don't need to be away from everyone else because of how the world sees you. See yourself the way that I see you because you are someone whose home I want to be a part of. You have a table. I want to reach over and take that bread and break with you. So let us come down out of our trees and let us be with each other because this is a Jesus who recognizes all of us and has given himself for all of us wherever we are. And so wherever we are, wherever we go, let us do so in the name of Jesus who invites himself and invites us to come along. And so as we have received communion, let us go and be communion to each other. And may we go in peace. Amen.